Hello and welcome to Business Extra, uh, the weekly business podcast from the National Newsroom. I say from the National Newsroom, I, Andy Scott, am in the Taj Hotel in Dubai's downtown district. I've been at a sustainable lighting conference. And Mustafa Al-Rawi, our business editor, is sitting in the broom cupboard at the back of the National Newsroom. Hello, Mustafa. Hi, Andy. Uh, through the power of technology, I am talking to you. And of course, <laughs> Deep Tea, our producer, is here as well. And we are uh, yes. hoping to have a very interesting chat about the week's uh, main business stories. Yeah, actually, I wanted to... Um, uh, last week, we mentioned Saudi and we, we, we focused on it uh, quite um, uh, primarily. Again, there's been movement today with the Saudi market, hasn't there? There's always movement in the Saudi market, I guess, and and very much in the news, given the big transformation plan uh, that has been announced in in the last few weeks. But today, the Capital Markets Authority, which is the stock market regulator, has announced new rules, essentially relaxing their rules issued last year on qualified foreign investors, allowing direct investment in the stock market from non Gulf nationals, non-Saudi investors. So today um, they put out details of what they hope will stimulate demand and interest. A little bit earlier, I caught up with our markets correspondent, John Everington, who's been covering the story. There's, of course, a lot of news coming out of Saudi Arabia lately, uh, both on the economic front and the financial markets. Here with us is John Everington, uh, the Nationals markets correspondent, who can tell us a little bit more about the rules that the CMA has introduced uh, for the Saudi Arabian stock market. John? Hi there, Mustafa. Yeah. So this morning, Saudi Arabia announced um, an overhaul of its rules for foreign investors in Saudi Arabia, foreign investors investing in stocks on the Saudi stock exchange, the Tadawal. Now, what happened previously, that foreign investors are able to invest in the stock exchange, but they're only able to do so through some fairly complex mechanisms, um, swap agreements. Recently, there was a, a scheme launched called the QFI scheme, the Qualified Foreign Investor Scheme. But um, the rules, uh, while very welcome about a year ago, um, they were very welcome, but they were quite rigid. Um, you had to have quite a lot of assets under management to to even apply to even qualify for this. You had to have 18.75 billion in assets um, under management. Um, you also uh, you had to be a bank, which uh, sort of disqualified a number of other institutions. Um, it was clear how much you could own. You could you could own five percent of a company um, under the regulations. And so take-up was quite small. As of the end of the last week, qualified financial uh, foreign investors only owned about 0.09% of the totality of stocks on the stock exchange. But today, the um, Capital Market Authority in Saudi Arabia, the stock, stock regulator in the kingdom, um, announced plans to relax a lot of these rules. Um, QFIs can now own more of a company. They can own up, One investor can own up to 10% of a company. Uh, QFIs in total can own up to 49% of a company, um, unless there are special circumstances. And also, it's open not just to banks now, but also to institutions such as sovereign wealth funds and university endowments. Um, and you also need a, a much smaller amount of assets under management, about um, 3.75 billion riyals. So these are all very positive moves. I mean, the, this was a landmark decision a year ago to open the market to foreigners or institutional foreign investors in a more s- sort of organized way. 
or a direct way, if you like. But since then, obviously, the oil price has been falling already, but has f- had a very bad 12 months. Then mm-hmm. emerging markets fell very much out of favor. Yep. So that combined to sort of dampen investor interest. Yep. This move from the Capital Markets Authority should stimulate more investment into Saudi Arabia, would you say? In the long term, certainly, I think. Um, it's a st- it's very much a step in the right direction. It's, it's opening the doors further. It's kind of opening it to sort of like kind of um, many more institutions. It's a lot more flexible. Um, of course, the oil price is still kind of putting off quite a few foreign investors um, at the moment. But then there is still interest in the kingdom in its stock market. It's the largest stock market here within the Arabian Gulf. Um, foreign investors have been looking to get into it in a big way for a long time now. And it may not happen overnight. I mean, the rules only come into place in June 2017 or by the end of June 2017. And it may take a bit of time to um, to stimulate some take up, but that take up will be there. The kingdom has kind of announced that it is going to aggressively IPO a lot of companies, not least Saudi Aramco, which is expected to um, raise up to, a, um, in fact, more than a hundred billion dollars. And so, um, foreign investors, of course, want a piece of this. And so, these these rules are very much a step in the right direction and will kind of um, stimulate interest in the, in the market. I guess we, if we look at twenty seventeen. There's some real drivers for growth for the regional markets, not least Saudi Arabia. But if oil does rebound, um, as Mark Mobius in in our paper says this week, uh, to around $60, then that'll improve the outlook considerably for a lot of the oil exporting economies in this part of the world, which in turn should attract investors back to the region who had left because of the, the concerns over dampening economic growth. I mean, if you talk to um, brokers, analysts every day on the market, um, are they looking forward or is it very much a day-to-day game? At the moment, it's a bit of a day-to-day game. So far this year, talking within the UAE and the Saudi stock markets, you've seen kind of quite a, quite good performances. You had a very sort of poor start to the year when sort of stocks fell in January, but then they've been recovering ever since then, and you've actually had very good index performance. Day by day, it does vary sometimes with what's going on in the oil market, but more recently what's been going on with the first quarter earnings that we've been seeing in the region. So some of those earnings, particularly with banks last week, um, were quite disappointing. They fell short of analyst expectations, even though those expectations were kind of downplayed because of the impact of oil. So now what we've been seeing in the past few days is actually stock, market, stock prices going down again. Um, correcting for for maybe some of that um, rally that's happened over the past couple of months, and just bringing it back in line with kind of the sort of the financial realities which were reported in Q1. As oil stabilizes and there's a bit more clarity, and I mean some of these reforms kick in from the likes of Saudi Arabia, um, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, what impact that has on markets. But it could well be a very positive one. Well, I think everybody hopes so. Thanks so much, John. Thank you. Okay, that was very interesting from John. Um, I, I, I take my takeaway from that is that uh, Saudi is becoming um, a far more open uh, market for for everyone, basically. It will be, and a combination of the reforms elsewhere in the economy and their approach to the capital markets should be a huge stimulus for the region. And if we talk about a wider story here, the combination of Saudi Arabia. Expo 2020 in Dubai, and then the World Cup in Qatar in 2022, even though we're going through a somewhat uh, sluggish period, if you believe in this region, then those are three massive uh, drivers for the future. So for a moment, I'm going to be optimistic, Andy. 
<laughs> well, I have to say, I mean, I've been, as you know, I've been covering retail for the last couple of years, and I've seen what was started as, as, a, as possibly a slow drift towards the, the kingdom. Now it's a charge. Major retailers are trying to get into the, into the kingdom because, and not just Riyadh and Jeddah, but, you know, Yambu, Damam, Khufuf, uh, the smaller towns, they're seeing real business opportunities there. Fantastic. But you, you have news of a, another opening here. Yeah, it's true. It's from Miras, who are um, uh, Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid's uh, personal vehicle. Um, they are opening at the Outlet Village, which is another retail um, project. Uh, it's going to be next to the Dubai Parks and Resorts towards Jebel Ali. Um, and it's going to be, um, I presume, what you'd call... Um, Discount shopping, but it's going to be high-end discount shopping. Uh, Is that even a thing, high-end discount? (laughs) Well, I mean, if you think that DKNY and Gucci and Chanel, they have end of stock. They have um, supply that they can't get rid of, of inventory, which they find left on the shelves. And that can be discounted. Uh, It might not be a discount to me. Uh, but uh, to others who may be in the market for for that sort of product, they will see it as a lot cheaper. But the fact is, Miras, uh, they've opened City Walk, which is a huge expanse of of retail and offices and commercial space uh, down in Jumeirah, which is a beautiful um, area to, to, to shop. But they've also opened the Box Park. Whoever is doing the design and planning for Miras definitely sees where the opportunities are. And while at first I might laugh at the fact that there's going to be a Tuscan-styled village uh, in Jebel Ali, I think they're probably going to do it very well and it will. Uh, there is a good business case for it. I mean, I wonder the location, if it has something to do with the opportunity of Expo coming up. There's more and more uh, retail being developed in, in that area. What is becoming uh, known, I think, more and more is Dubai South, if you like, or the south side of Dubai, closer to Abu Dhabi, of course, um, as we begin to see that creep from both sides of, of each emirate towards each other, that perhaps somewhere they'll meet in the middle. But the positioning it in Jebel Ali, which is not a natural tourist area i think is probably the, the biggest message uh coming out of this news this week yeah that, that, that's true but and while i've been reporting for a while now of the um as you mentioned before the sluggish retail market in the uae euro monitor international actually said that uh in 2016 the market is uh, the, the retail market is expected to be around 54 billion dollars that's up seven percent on 2015 so growth is still there i mean i guess when we say sluggish it's all relative uh, perhaps you know western europe would love our growth rates but for, for all the the outlets and the the space that is being put on the market um would it be based on seven percent growth or would it be based on 15 16 17 percent growth and how how do you cope with it you just ride it through for the next few years until these big drivers what? of the economy come back yeah, you're right. It's all relative. And the, and the point is, is that there is still, in comparison with uh, Europe and the US, we're still doing very well. And that's why we're still seeing, I mean, uh, Dubai is the has the second most international brands after London. When you consider the size of London and consider the size of Dubai, we're knocking the ball out of the park, really. And the, the numbers that were coming through from uh, the airport last week, I think from Dubai Airport was showing, you know, the growth is still there. The number of visitors, 
coming to Dubai is still there. We talked about this. Um, the UAE as well is overall is trying to encourage more tourism. So the, the governments are working to keep uh, the, the the growth going, regardless of, of of the bigger picture stuff like oil falling. But I wonder if um, you know going forward that we will have to get used to a more realistic level of growth. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with seven percent a year. But you know, in the same way that China, the, their economy now is at you know six something. Um, it's not 10, 11, 12 that people were used to. It, it, the new reality is is not necessarily a bad thing, but but perhaps people have to adjust. You're very, very right about that. And while I realise we'll be running out of time very soon, but I just want to quite quick mention the fact that I've just been at this Sustainable Lighting Initiative today, which is um, the great and good of the uh, ecological part of uh, Dubai's government, putting a real push in Dubai's uh, domestic uh, pe- people who live in Dubai to, to buy uh, light bulbs which are ecologically uh, sustainable. Uh, now, they banned incandescent um, light bulbs uh, at the end of 2014. So now they're starting to see people replace them and start to buy halogen, uh, C, uh, CSL, and, and LED lighting. Now, this has a real impact on the the environment it's it's something like let me just have uh, it's a 57 percent of the uae's ecological footprint is generated from household energy six percent six percent of that which is attributable to lighting now dubai has got behind it now personally it doesn't matter whether you worry about the polar bears before you go to sleep or not what they're saying is we realize that it's the cash in your pocket which you will think about first when you actually replace your light bulbs so they've gone to Ikea, Carrefour, Ace, Spinney's, Union Co-op, and Lulu, and you can get 25% discount if you buy LED lighting when you go between the 22nd, I think it's the 22nd of May and the 6th of June, or 5th of June, it's Ramadan that starts on the 6th of June, so the 5th of June, and that will be rolled out across the country on the 1st of October for a full month. So they are, there is a real... Um, momentum behind trying to get people to change their existing uh, energy inefficient light lighting to sustainable lighting. And it makes a huge difference. If you have a small villa, you can save two and a half thousand dirhams in one year. Amazing, especially given these more straitened times. Uh, Andy, Deep Tea is giving me the uh, signal that we need to wrap it up. Um, fascinating talking to you remotely for a change and hopefully we'll both be in the newsroom next week.